This is Bill Woods uh, up in Sun Valley, Arizona, and I'm a retired pastor. I've pastored in the Church of the Nazarene 37 years, pastored in the Westland Church for 15 years, and now I am have a organization that I'm doing online that's registered with the state of Arizona called the Church of the Galilean. I have a tax number if anybody wants to make a donation it'll be the same as donating to any other church. The reason I gave you that is because I've been asked about it. Today I want to talk about what does the future hold. This is the second part. I want to talk about the tribulation. Our last session dealt with the fact that we're apparently the generation that Jesus Christ pointed to as this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. That was in Matthew 24, 34, when he was answering the questions that the disciples were asking about, what, when is this going to happen, and what are the signs, and, and when are you coming back? He was referring to his return and the end of the world. We noted that one key sign of the end times would be Israel becoming a nation again. That happened in May 14, 1948, and what a miracle. For a nation that had been non-existent for 2,000 years, suddenly to become a, a full-fledged nation again in a world power. But that's been 72 years ago now. And that generation that's living then or was born then is getting quite old. So the time Jesus referred to for his coming again must be close. With that thought in mind, I would want to make sure that my heart was right with, with God so that when Jesus did come, which the Bible says will be in a twinkling of an eye, uh, no time to repent, I would want to know that I've repented already and I, I belong to Jesus Christ. Someone asked me when I thought Jesus would come again. We can't know the date Christ will return, but we can know the season. It's like a woman expecting a baby. She doesn't know the exact time when the baby will be born, not the exact date, but she can know it's close because of the birth pangs and the different things that are happening in her body, the strains and the pains and all these things, she can know it's happening before very long. Well, we can sense the birth pangs of the second coming and see the strain that our world is experiencing today and realize it's not, it can't be too long before Jesus Christ comes for his saints. People ask, do you think we're in the tribulation now? Well, no, not yet, because certain prophecies specific to the tribulation haven't occurred, but I do think we're in a practice mode for the real thing, and we need to pay attention. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 5 through 8, For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but don't be panicky. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. There have been many false claims by people claiming to be Messiah. Messiah. David Koresh would be one. Jim Jones would be one. There's been a lot of Father Divine. These people that have come claiming to be Messiah, but uh, Jesus is the only one that's our Messiah, and he will come uh, to get us in the air just in the twinkling of an eye. We certainly hear about wars and rumors of wars. Watch the news if you're not sure what I'm talking about. We hear about famines. 
We're even told of people right here in the United States going to bed hungry and many even dying of starvation. It's interesting that when Jesus mentioned earthquakes, there was only about one major earthquake per century. Now it's not uncommon to hear about several on the seismograms every day or every minute, actually. There are tsunamis, tornadoes, hurricanes, massive fires, floods, pestilence, which is disease, and all kinds of natural phenomena happening at a rate like we've never seen before. Look at the violent crime rate, or crime rate that uh, is going on with rape and murder and massive shootings and all kinds of terrible things people do to one another. God's warning our world that we better wake up while there's still time to repent. Our world has become as bad as or worse than the world Noah lived in when God sent the flood to destroy the world because it was so evil. We abort babies for our convenience. I read about at least 250 million babies have been aborted so far, according to the Pharmacists for Life organization. We celebrate gay marriage, cohabitation, pornography. We flaunt every indecency we possibly can and wonder why God is going to rain judgment upon our land. We, he will not put up with this behavior forever. I believe God is about to pour his wrath out on a sinful world that has rejected him. But we still haven't experienced what is prophesied to usher in the great tribulation. Christians, for instance, have not been raptured. Uh, you know, and, and I've had somebody ask me a while back, well, where does it tell about the rapture? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting at verse 50 on there, it talks about the rapture. And uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. If you're not familiar with those, you might want to check it out. And then when you read the book of Revelation, you notice that uh, between chapter 3 and 4, uh, they, there is a change in, in the whole tone. John addresses the letters to the seven churches in Asia Minor in chapters 1, 2, and 3, which these are also believed to prophetically correspond with periods of church history. And then the text changes from the church terminology to the Jewish terminology, leaving the impression that the church is gone. In fact, John represents Christians at this time, and he's invited to go through an open door into heaven. Listen to what it says in, in the New King James Version of Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. And it is thought that uh, John at this point uh, represents the things that the church will go through, that when we read that description, we realize that if we're part of the rapture, a part of the Christians being raptured out, we will go through these same things. Second thing is guillotines have not been put to use. Revelation chapter 20, verse 4 says, And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. We 
don't stop to realize, but people who are here during the tribulation period, if they've missed the rapture, are going to have to face the wrath of the Antichrist. And unless they, the Bible says, unless they take his mark or unless they pledge allegiance to him some way, they probably will be decapitated. Then the two witnesses haven't appeared. Revelation chapter 11, verses 3 through 12. It says, and I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before God, the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth, devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. When they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. And their bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which is Jerusalem, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, and send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Now, after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on all those who saw them. And uh, they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they ascended to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies saw them. Now these two witnesses will come for the first three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation. One will probably be Elijah, the other could be Moses, judging from the style miracles that they will perform. They'll be an irritant to the Antichrist and to the world in general. They haven't arrived yet, which is further proof that we're not in the tribulation yet. Right now, Satan's doing everything he can to frustrate God's plan for mankind and damn souls to hell, and he's presently restrained by the Holy Spirit. Satan can only do today what God will allow him to do. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 6 through 11, And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless will, one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. During the great tribulation, Satan will not be restrained anymore. He'll have free reign, and that brings me to the dress rehearsal that we're witnessing for the coming tribulation. Uh, today, thank God, Satan is still restrained. But by the time of the tribulation, all, all 
bets are off because Satan will be turned loose to do whatever he wants to do. Satan's testing ways to see how he can quickly gain control of the world. That's why things have happened so quickly to see, you know, how quickly he can bring down the 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 governments of the world. And just think, in the last month now, we have been confined to our homes. We have uh, been told that uh, we can't go to the store or that kind of thing. Uh, you know, have to stand in line out of there. And all these different things that have happened. Schools have been closed down. Churches have been closed down. All the things that were deemed not that important have been closed. And we're seeing all this, and, and it's it's got to be amazing. Satan's practicing to learn how to control and manage the world for those seven years when he and his demons will have full control of humanity. This COVID-19 pandemic, also called the coronavirus, has revealed many things. Satan needs to know about taking total control of the world, and he's learning that today. First, he must create irrational panic. That way, people will blindly follow him. Panic will motivate people to sacrifice their rights, their freedoms, to gain a false sense of safety and security. Because of panic, Churches, businesses, restaurants, and practically everything has been closed. Imagine Satan's glee in seeing churches and group worship of God shut down so people can't glorify God right now in, in together. You know, the Christians still can worship. The Christians can still uh, communicate online and all that but we're not supposed to gather more than 10 people at a time. And, and the, so, therefore, the churches, uh, last several weeks, have not held services. And Satan must just be in his heyday. The, the next thing is isolation. Uh, panic causes people to fear any contact with each other that will lead to depression and loneliness and, and all that. I, I know of one woman who is so frightened about running into somebody. She wears her mask, and if somebody comes within uh, six feet of her, she runs to the other side of the room. She tries to stay clear away from them. She's got panic. And this kind of thing, this loneliness, uh, brings to many people can be overwhelming. Demons can then fill people's minds with all sorts of depraved thoughts under these isolated conditions. It's said an idle mind is the devil's playground. Uh, then ruined economy. People who've lost their financial support system will be vulnerable to the control when the devil wants to usher in the mark of the beast. Now it's been questioned how the mark of the beast in Revelation chapter 13, 14 through 18, could be implemented and enforced on the whole world. Well, currently, uh, Bill Gates and a lot of Democrats, the World Health Organization and their associates are recommending for everybody in the entire world to be vaccinated for COVID-19 and given a pin, a mark, or a certificate showing they completed with the law or compiled with the law and were vaccinated. Without this proof, they will not be allowed to leave home or to buy or to sell or to travel. Uh, you know, uh, then it's, it's suggested that this it goes on uh, several times, day after day, people being retested to make sure. Wow, does that ever sound familiar? 
This is the first generation that can see those kind of controls enforced worldwide because of today's scientific advancements. This pandemic dress rehearsal has warned me that I don't want to miss this rapture when Jesus Christ comes for his saints. I don't want to miss the way should I die before he comes. I want to make sure that my heart's right with Jesus Christ. You know, I don't want to go to hell because hell will be worse than any tribulation that we have to go through here on earth. And hell is forever. It's not some place where people go and shake hands and enjoy each other's company. It's outer darkness and gnashing of teeth. And I don't want to go there. You'd be wise to not want to go there too. You'd be wise to make ready to meet Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. For those who will left, be left behind and face the tribulation, this little coronavirus episode is nothing. The real tribulation will be more than terrifying for those who refuse to accept the mark. They won't have the privilege we have today of calling on God to forgive our sins and accept him as our Lord and Savior. I've heard people say, well, I'll just uh, reject Satan then and live for Jesus Christ then. Really? If you can't commit to him now and live for him now, why do you think you'll have courage to serve Jesus then? I mean, when persecution will be so much more drastic. You know what to do for your own good. You know how to accept Christ as your Savior. Confess your sins. Ask him to be your Savior. Turn your life around. Do it. The only opportunity to gain heaven during the tribulation will be to resist Antichrist, refuse his mark, and face decapitation. God's grace offered today will have run out, and it'll take sheer grit with no witness of the Holy Spirit assuring you that you're right with God. Listen to Christ's warning. Then you'll be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You'll be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures the end will be saved. That's Christ's advice found in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, where he says, or this Paul's advice, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And so today, what I really want to do is warn us that what we're seeing, that all these things that are going on with this pandemic, what we really need to do is learn a lesson turn our lives to Jesus Christ. Remember, the John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And I want you to know that uh, we're praying that God will use these broadcasts to reach many people. We're praying for you, that God will be able to help you to understand the importance of accepting Jesus Christ while you still have time. Now, I would remind you that if you want to get one of the books that I wrote, there's still Power in the Blood, which basically is a manual for demon warfare or spiritual warfare, and it has to do with people that are being plagued by demons and sin and all. If you'd like to have one of those books, you need to contact me. If you were to send in a $15 donation, 
uh, that would cover the cost of the book, that would cover the postage, and we'd be glad to send one to you. Uh, our address is Box 4031, uh, Sun Valley, Arizona, 86029. And I would invite you to write, uh, if, if you want to, contact us that way. Also, my email address is lowercase r-e-v-w-m-w-w-o-o-d-s at gmail.com. That stands for Reverend William W. Woods at gmail.com. All right, we're going to go on with our study in Revelation next time. I would encourage you to tell your friends about what we're doing. And if you would like to make any kind of donation, we're going to upgrade I'm going to uh, start this, this podcast right now is through a, a organization that uh, is not charging for the first little while. But when we decide to start paying, which I'm going to do right away, we'll get our own website and you'll be able to find us consistently at the same address on, on the web. God bless you. We're praying for you. We're asking Jesus to help you to know how important it is to realize there's still power in the blood and Jesus Christ can still help you in whatever your need is today. God bless you. I need to add just a postscript here that if you were to send some kind of a donation or something for the book, make the uh, check out to William W. Woods. Uh, the bank is not recognizing an account for the Church of the Galilean. We are a charitable uh don't trust fund and uh, we have all the paperwork and stuff with the state but for some reason the bank is uh, hesitant to make it out so it would have to be made out to bill woods and i'd appreciate that and if you want to give praise god if you don't we want to continue ministering to you anyhow god bless you